0: hello and welcome to setting the table uh i hope everyone is doing well and uh, i want to jump right into the uh the order seems to be we uh start with the Shila and then a vart and then a story so uh let's let's jump right in the Shila is as follows um it actually happened with uh ravavadya yosef Ravavadya was uh, earlier in his life, before he came to Eretz Yisrael, he was living in Cairo, and he was on the basin, and he was an important person, and he was asked, um, he was kind of being pressured, apparently a, uh, a Christian leader, a priest, um, had passed away, and they were having the funeral in a church, and the question was, uh, could Ravavadya go to the church and sit through the funeral. It would obviously show tremendous amount of respect, and it would be appreciated. It could further good relations. And that was the Shaila that Ravavadya is dealing with. So Ravavadya writes a chuva about it. Um, and I'll just kind of go through uh, some of, the, some of the, the ideas over here. Um, he, he begins with the Rambam. The Rambam... Uh, in Peresh Shemeshnayis, he seems to be pretty clear. He says that going into a church uh, is asr, and you're not you're not allowed to. It's kind of a support of avodah Zarah. Um, He brings that there's actually machlokas uh, rishonim whether or not one is allowed to go into the church if your life is in danger. And of course, we know that in history, unfortunately, there were times where uh, lives could be in danger if they would not kind of profess uh, respect to uh, people of different faiths. So he brings Machlokas, we've shown him whether or not it's Yahari Val Yavor. And he, he he just kind of, he brings that. And then um, he brings a little bit of a discussion whether or not um, he seems to think that that, that Machlokas would only be the chatzr of a church, kind of the, the outer courtyard, but that maybe everybody would hold that going into a church is is definitely usr. So seemingly, at first glance, this is a pretty simple shayla. One should not go into the church, even for something important, and there are those that even seem to say that one would have to give up their life to avoid such a thing. However, he goes on and he points out that bizman Hazet that nowadays many have pointed out, the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, um, they speak about how the ovde Avodazara of today, um, they're just they're just not doing a good job, right? They are not real ovde Avodizara, they don't really know what they're doing. Um you, you know, you speak to your typical uh, Christian and they they don't really know too much. Um, I don't mean to disparage them, but but a lot of them really don't know kind of the first thing. They just kind of know that they profess their faith. Um, so many halachas seem to not apply. If you read the Mishnahis and Avodah Zarah, it seems like you're not allowed to do business with them on certain days. You're not allowed to, to interact with them in certain ways. And a lot of those halachas in the Shulchan Aruch were kind of, say, uh, were kind of told that those are gone. They don't really apply anymore. <clears throat> However, um, what Rav points out is that even though the Ovid of today are not considered to be real Ovid Avodhizarov, there still are things that they can make usur. He says a cross that is created by, uh, by a Christian, even though we don't consider him to be a real Ovid Avodhizarov, that cross that he makes to, to kind of uh, celebrate and serve his Avodhizarov, is still auster to have hanafram to have any any use from. Um, he he points out in a footnote that a worker is really not allowed to go do work in a church. You really can't can't go in. So even though they're not considered great oved avodah zara, this the 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 work they produce, um, the 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 churches they create are still a makam avodah which is an interesting distinction. Um, and he kind of goes on and, and he talks about a, a kind of famous Logos. We know that for us to believe in someone like Jesus would definitely be Avodah but there seems to be a little bit of a discussion um, if a non-Jew would, were to believe in what he calls Shittuf. Shittuf means that they believe in God, but they just believe that God is a partner. Um, whether or not that's considered Avodah So he has a whole kind of back and forth, but he holds that for sure um, kind of their buildings are definitely Avodah so he, he basically holds that it's, it's very problematic. But in, in saying that it's problematic, he does go through a few uh, interesting scenarios of why people ended up in churches and wanting to know whether or not it was allowed and certain posgum who seems to say it was okay. Uh, he talks about one shuva where there was somebody who was uh, running away from his debtors. And uh, if you would run into the church, that was a place of refuge. And he was running away to avoid having to pay debt. And he brings some who said maybe it was okay, but again, he seems to say that that only for pikuach nefesh would you be allowed to go in. Um, and even though there's this concept of Eva, we don't want the Goyim to hate us, um, he points out that nowadays that we're in more of a democracy, it, it would not really kind of be considered that, you know, the fear of Goyim really hating us, it, that really applies when they're going to kind of use it to to really promote lawlessness, which is not really allowed uh, today. He brings another tshuva that um, it was it was the, the priest's kind of holiday, I think it was a holiday, and they wanted everybody to walk the priest into the church, uh, a mal- uh, malava. So uh, there also, uh, he brings tshuvas who who kind of said that was problematic, and then he brings a fascinating story of a gadol, uh Lazar, coin Arias, who he says that this is fascinating. He says he went to learn their music uh, in hopes of incorporating their nigunim uh, into the Nagunim on Yomim no Ra'im. and he brings this this Rav of of this tremendous gadol who went and did that. But he says, you know, even after hearing all of that, it's wrong. It's not allowed. And he brings a fascinating uh, line. He says, "Ma leKohen bebeis hakfaros. Why would a Kohen go enter a cemetery? Why would a Jew?" Go in um, to a church, which which he's he's kind of calling a cemetery. So he says he did not go, and not only that, he considered this his red line. He said that he he decided he would not go into the church, even if it meant him getting fired uh, from the basin he was on. He didn't go, and everything turned out okay. So Ravadi was very strong about this. Said we should not go. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to a Torah. So uh, we have these these. Famous words that, that parents say to their children every Shabbos. Uh, the pasuk says, "B'cha Yivar Yisrael," that um, all of Klal Yisrael will use uh, these words, "Yisimcha um that we bless our children that they should be like Ephraim Emanasha. And the Be'er Yosef, one of my favorite svarim, uh, he he points out that the the diktuk seems a little bit off the language is bcha Yisrael. So let's see. Um, Yaakov is talking to Yosef. And he says, through you, they will, Kalal Yisrael will bench their children, saying they should be like Menashe and Ephraim. Seemingly it should say Bahem. Okay? About them, about Menashe and Ephraim, people will bless their children. And the words are Bechah. And again, this is Yaakov, talking to Yosef. And so the Be'er Yosef says something fascinating. He says, how could we expect our children to be like Menashe and Ephraim? <clears throat> Who do we think we are even even suggesting that? Um, you know, I, I actually remember when my older son had his Shalom Zachar. I remember this... this uh, Everyone comes and says, oh, he should be great. He should be, he should be a good kid. He should be, a, you know, I remember this one really, to me, a kid coming over to me and saying, your son should be a Gadol Hadar. And I was so struck. I was like, wow, that's so nice. But but said we don't generally say that because it seems like so unlikely. And so uh, how can we say they should be like Menashe and Ephraim? And he goes further. He says, Menashe and Ephraim, they had all the gashmius in the world. They're, they're Yosef's child. He was such a powerful person that all the Gashmias, they get all the teachers that, that they wanted. They could they could kind of be the biggest they wanted in Gashmias. And they had all the Ruchmias in the world. That, uh, true, they grew up in Mitzrayim, but they had Yosef as a father. They had their, their uncles, <clears throat> their grandfather for 17 years. And so, like, how can we expect our children to be like that? And the Bar Yosef says something very, very profound. He says, if you think about Yosef, look at the story of Yosef. Yosef pretty much lost everything. He lost his gashmias. He became an evid. He became somebody stuck in jail. He lost all of his gashmias. He also lost his ruchnias. He had nobody to support him. He almost sinned in a really bad way and, and, and almost completely lost his connection with Chal Yisrael. And Yosef, somehow, although he was stripped of his Gashmias and his Ruchmias, he was able to kind of stand back up and basically pick himself up and become somebody amazing again, who had amazing children. And he says, the Ber Yosef says, that when people see your story, Becha Yivar Yisrael, when people see your story, that will give them the chizik, the strength to say that no matter whether or not I feel like I am in a good situation or my children are in a good situation, I will never give up hope. I will always be comfortable benching my children. You should be. You can be. You will turn into somebody like Menasha and Ephraim. Unbelievable, beautiful idea. And actually brings to mind a famous word from Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rav Yaakov said uh, there's a... Famous Grah, <clears throat> that the Grah said that a Jewish child, uh, I'm sorry, the Shulchan Aruch says that a Jewish child should not nurse from a non-Jewish mother. And the Grah brings the Makar. The Grah says, I'll tell you where we know that from. We know that from the story of Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe uh, w- would not nurse from a non-Jew. And so therefore we see that all all uh, all Jews should not do that. And Rav Yaakov says, wow, that's quite the leap. Um, You know, the peh, the mouth that spoke to to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, we can understand that 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 mouth should only kind of have full Kedusha and Tahara and should not nurse from a non-Jew. But from where do you get to say that that would apply with everybody else? And Rav Yaakov says, he says that that's the point, is that it's a, it's a halach in chinuch, that when we raise our children, we need to look at our children as if they could be the next Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu, before it was known who he would be, had to be treated, had to act in a way that he should not touch anything that was tame. so too every one of our children. And what a fantastic uh, lesson in chinuch for all of us. Uh, sometimes it's hard to see, especially as they get older. Um, we kind of feel like they're they're stuck in their way and they're not going to change, and we're we're kind of seeing from Chazal that that is the wrong attitude. Okay, a quick story. Unbelievable. Uh, I saw a friend of mine this week, um, and he's, uh, unfortunately, his father is pretty sick. His father is a a tzaddik of a guy, a very, very special uh, yid in in his 80s, and his father got sick, and now he lost a little bit of his eyesight. And my friend... David, um, I said, I said, how are you doing? He said, Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been crazy. I've been I've been driving in from Lakewood to Baltimore uh, pretty much every week for a couple of days. I said, You know, how's your business? How's everything going? He said, Yeah, pretty much tanking. Uh, you know, not much not much going on. I'm like, Wow, like, like, okay, you, you can do this for your father. But like, how is it? He's like, This is my father. It's not even a not even a question. Um, and then I said, so, so what's going on? I'd love to, to spend some time with you if you're in Baltimore anyway. He said, ah, you know, I'm, I'm really with my father the whole time. Um, so, he, so I said, yeah, how are you taking care of him? So he says, his father lost a little bit his eyesight, and his father is a very medoctic Jew, and he wants to make sure that when he davens, he gets every last word. And so he asks his son, could you say word for word, Shachris? Slowly, word for word, his son David has already davin, and he says, could you you know could you just say word for word?" He told me chakras takes about an hour and twenty minutes, and to me, that's unbelievable uh level of uh of Kivadav um but all the more so I, I I kind of asked him like how are you holding up that's like that sounds wild and to me the the biggest shocker here is that this friend of mine said, was so um, kind of so clear that this is exactly what he wants to be doing. He says, this is my father. Like there's, there's, there's no other way. This is uh, kind of an honor to be able to do this for my father. So uh, I was kind of shocked at the dedication, but even more shocked at the kind of excitement to be kind of there for his father. And uh, you know, I guess it, it's it's unbelievable, really amazing to, to see somebody with such such dedication. But I think for all of us, maybe the, the idea, uh, at least kind of what I was reflecting on, was wow, I as a parent am involved in a relationship with my children. Um, that yeah, in this situation, it's the child giving to the father, sometimes it's the parent giving to the child, but what a special relationship Uh, we are Zochet to all be a part of. And, uh, you know, we should all be Zochet to be able to kind of treat our parents and our children uh, in the same way as my friend David. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and uh, take care.